0: And welcome to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host Rose Gallagher and each week I'm speaking to my favourite people from the beauty industry with positive and inspiring stories to share. Today I'm joined by model and presenter Lisa Snowden. Lisa's one of those people that I think we all just feel that we know already whether we've listened to her on the radio while we're having our breakfast or watched her on this morning offering her fashion and beauty tips she's just someone that feels very familiar and warm to me so joining me down the line from the comfort of each of our living rooms I'm going to delve into all things beauty and beyond with her Lisa thank you so much for joining me
1: Oh, Rose,
0: that's such the cutest intro. Thank you, my love. It's, it's an honour to be chatting to you. Do you know what, Lisa? The first thing I was just going to ask for a bit of insight to is your lockdown experience. But I get the impression that you're trying to take this one day at a time like me and just keep busy with positive things to try and keep the morale going.
1: Absolutely. I think that's all we can really do. Um, And it's working for me. Some weeks are easier than others, don't get me wrong, you know, and you don't know how you're going to feel really day to day. It's quite strange. This week I'm having a particularly positive week and I've been doing some nice things for me because I think there was a lot of pressure initially to sort of try and still work and try and create content and, you know, to try and be really positive. And it's been very confusing, obviously, like how much longer are we going to be in lockdown? And so what I'm doing is I'm just kind of enjoying it now. I mean, I'm really lucky because I've got an outside space. So that has made a, a really big difference. And I can appreciate people who are living in the city and are in a one bedroom flat or or, or a studio flat. And I do really feel very blessed and I'm practicing gratitude and you know, I think it's interesting because we're sort of finding new ways to connect with each other and thinking maybe outside the box of different things that we can do while we're in lockdown to keep ourselves entertained. And And maybe going forward
0: Definitely and I think It's one of those experiences actually Where we're finding these rituals That I think we will end up taking Forward with us like for example For me the walk every day Is not actually something I'm sure I did every day Out of lockdown just for the purpose Of going on a walk as opposed to Racing to get to a meeting Or something. I think so too I've I've liked the slower pace For sure being able to To,
1: you know, stop and take a breath to really appreciate the beauty that's been going on around us in this amazing season that we've had with this sunshine that's like the most beautiful April ever. You know, being able to like see the cherry blossom and the magnolia and all the little buds and the sky seem bluer and the air seems cleaner. And so I've been really liking that sort of slower pace and you know just sort of
0: taking time just to notice things around me and just to slow everything down definitely and I think that's something that always comes across in everything you do Lisa you've got this very positive uplifting way about you so I'd actually love to kind of go back to the beginning of your story now I know we've had a bit of a laugh about this already but I've done my bits of research and I think (laughs) among my uh among my findings I think we're probably going to have a bit of a game of true or false here but anyway let's start from the very beginning I would love to know kind of what your earliest memories of fashion and beauty were and what was that presence like in your house with your family well, my earliest
1: memory was, I mean, I, I've always been quite obsessed with beauty. And my auntie, Peppy, who's Spanish, used to work in a department store and she worked at Kenibo. So that was a beautiful Japanese brand. And um, my cousin's a year older than me, so I used to go and stay with her at weekends when we were really young, probably about six or seven. And my auntie used to bring little samples home. And I just became obsessed with skincare and creams. And I obviously didn't know, you know, which order to do things in. But I loved the kind of little packaging. And I love they have this face flannel, which is beautiful, that's hard and crispy. But as soon as you add it to water, it just softens up. And so things like that just really took my interest from an early age. I was growing up in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, and my mum was heavily into plucking her eyebrows <laughs> like we all were back then. So I <laughs> found her tweezers from her makeup bag and literally attacked my eyebrows. Basically, the timing was a bit off because I plucked my eyebrows, say, on the Tuesday night. On the Wednesday night, I had uh, passport pictures taken for my passport, which was, <laughs> oh, which was which was when I was 11. And um, it was a black and white picture. I still have the passport now. And my eyebrows for an 11-year-old are very suspiciously over And so that is my earliest memory of actually
0: doing some sort of beauty on myself. I suppose when you're in the capacity of being a model, you are also quite at the mercy of the people looking after you for that day and creating that aesthetic. I definitely want to go into that with you. But just before... I go down that route. I'd read that you went to Italia Conti. So I went to Italia Conti when I was 14 years old. So I went to a normal comprehensive
1: secondary school from the age of 11. And then I left midterm to go to Italia Conti.
0: Wow. And what did you want to do at that time? I wanted to be on stage. I wanted
1: to be in musicals hold on, George is coming in with a cup of tea. Oh, George. I've
0: got him well trained. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, my darling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He silently came in and out. Thank you, George. Oh, that
0: is well done, George. I
1: know, he's a a good and he's a keeper. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I wanted to perform. And so I was going to dancing classes every day after school. So I'd go straight from school to like, tap and ballet and then I'd do a drama class in the midweek and I used to go to competitions on the weekend, I mean I wasn't that good, I mean I wasn't bad but I wasn't that good, so my dancing teacher at the time was like why don't you go and do the audition for Italia Conti so when you're 16 you can go to the school then, once you've done all your GCSEs, because I was the first year of GCSEs, born in 72 so she basically said to me go and do the audition so that then when you get to 16 you've already had one audition under your belt, you know what it's all about it won't be as daunting, it won't be scary and to cut a long story short I did and they accepted me pretty much on the day they were like yeah we'd love you to join and I was like no 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 this wasn't the plan I was supposed to like go back to my normal school and then come back when I'm 16 and then come to Italian Conti and they were like no no but we've got a space if you'd like to come and I think basically what happened he sort of said to my mum she's not the greatest dancer she's not the greatest singer but there's something about her now thinking oh. back now in hindsight I don't know whether they were just trying to fill the spaces <laughs> trying to get so extra money and maybe somebody dropped out at the last minute the cynical old me not um, at all. Starting, to, starting to think differently but you know what it was a really good experience and he was right I wasn't the greatest dancer I'm not the greatest singer but I loved it it was super fun it was great for my confidence because you know you're going into this I was traveling into London firstly every day which is quite daunting in the beginning as a 14 year old getting the train by myself and then I was going to school in London and I was going to school with all these girls that were you know from all over the country and then some much more wealthy girls you know posher girls that were all very grown up you know they're all like living in Chelsea in Knightsbridge and they were just like they were 14 but they were almost like you know acting like 20 little They'd grown up, amazing things yeah so I was just so in awe of these girls that were like one of them was a model and the other girl done this and that and it was so it was a really good world to step into. It was really interesting and I you know I'm pleased
0: I did it. That's something I always think about models actually and modeling as a profession. What an interesting role in terms of being able to meet people from all different walks of life, all different places, backgrounds. Yeah,
1: it was it was amazing and completely different backgrounds. You know, there were people that had had grants and scholarships. There were people who were paying. It was a real mixed bag of of everybody, of all different talents as well. Some people were really strong at dance. Some people were really strong at acting. And, you know, I used to love fame when I was younger. Fame was the ultimate show for me. Do you remember yep, fame?
0: Yeah, I love well, fame. Had,
1: there was a, a TV series, Fame and I just loved it and so for me I was like yeah I'm going to the school that's like fame and there was no dancing outside on cars in the street and it wasn't anything like that but in my mind I still was going to like my version of fame. And so it was fabulous. You know, I was very lucky. And we didn't get a grant and my dad had to pay and, you know, we didn't have much money. So he set. you know, they sacrificed a lot for me to go to that school.
0: And what were your sisters interested in at that time? I've got two sisters and
1: one of them is four years younger than me. And she was also doing all the sort of classes after school. And she wasn't as serious as I was. I think she almost did it because I did it. You know how like siblings kind of fall into the similar patterns. And, you know, she, she was great and she loved it, but it was never as serious as it was for me. And then my younger sister, there's 10 years between us. She did eventually start going to dancing classes. But again, her love and her passion was not like I was. I mean, I started going to the theatre with my nana and granddad, who were obsessed with the theatre. And I went to see Cats when I was eleven, and that's when I was just like, "Oh,
0: oh, this is what I want." Oh, I love Cats as well, Lisa. I just think the songs, every little bit of Cats is just so magical to me.
1: And I remember going to see it, and my granddad was snoring within the first five minutes, and I was like, <laughs> Grandad, this is the best thing I've ever seen. How are you? How are you asleep?" He was like, "Oh dear." <laughs>
0: When you speak about this, Lisa, there's so much passion coming through for these really creative pursuits. So at which point did this more theatrical side turn into a path to modelling? Now, I did find something on the internet that I don't know whether you're going (laughs) to laugh me out of my uh, research for. I know what you're going to say. Am I to believe that you were discovered pole dancing at a rave and that was where your (laughs) magical journey into modelling began?
1: Well, firstly, it's kind of a weird combination pole dancing at a rave. That's never happened, I don't think. I mean, I'd <laughs> love to be a pole dancing rave. That would be really entertaining. I've tried pole dancing once. When I was on Capital Radio, we went to Vegas. So we interviewed some pole dancers and unbelievable the strength that they have and that is hard to do the muscles that they've got that strength they've got getting up and down that pole I could never do so no I'm I've never been a pole dancer
0: <laughs> well there goes that bit of the myth but there you yeah. go
1: but I was at a rave I absolutely was you know it was 89 90 it was a summer of love I was hanging out with my friends we were going to London and going to all these amazing parties and these illegal raves <laughs> It was <amazing. laughs> but this particular party I was, at was It was just like a normal party which was a rave because it had like obviously like dance music, house music. They had like a little kind of stages around the place. It wasn't like a main stage. It was almost like a little podium. And I think this is where the stories got twisted. <laughs> I think I was like, jumped up onto the podium. I had my cap on. I used to wear like a, a leotard or like a little bra top and tracksuit bottoms. And I'd just be like shuffling around. So I certainly wasn't doing anything crazy or any amazing dancing. But I was sort of up there. I had my moment for 10 minutes and then I jumped down again. But while I was up there, a model scout, a lady called Lindsay, who I still know now, Aww. said to me, you you a model. And I was like, what? No. And bearing in mind, you know, the girl at school was a model. So, you know, I, I then started seeing, like, when I came out of the tube station at the Barbican where the where the Italia Conti is, I would see the Vogue covers that they blow up and they put outside of the newsagents. And there was this one image of Christy Turlington in a Versace cat suit. And I fell in love with Christy Turlington. I was just like, oh my God. So my eyes had been open to the prospects of potentially having a modeling career, but I never thought I could do it. So when this lady at the rave was like, are you a model? I was like, don't be ridiculous. She was like, but you could be. And I was like, what? And it was like having this really funny conversation through this like super loud music. Anyway, she gave me a card. I thought about it for a couple of weeks and then I ended up going to see her and the rest is history. She basically was the reason I started modelling.
0: So when you started doing this, was there a particular moment that you were like, oh my gosh, like I'm really going to be able to make something of this?
1: Well, it took a bit of time because you, you have to go and do your castings and you have to kind of, you need pictures in your books, so you need to do test pictures and then you need to take those pictures around to different places. Photographers to then get more pictures. And then once you've got the pictures, you can start going to magazines. So it's like you have to, you know, lay the groundwork. And it's a little bit of traipsing around the streets and going to see people and then going back to see people and say, I've got some new pictures. And so, my dad was like you know giving me a fiver every day to take the train into london and he was like lisa when are you going to start making some money and i was like yeah. dad i promise you just give me just give me another fiver i'm gonna <laughs> do it i started working with this company called the production team and they had these big trips with levi's and a sportswear and you go off and you do all these catwalk shows with them and that was when i started making money my kind of big break i guess was working with a photographer called patrick litchfield i got booked to do triumph lingerie so going home and telling my family that was really exciting and I think that that's when I sort of thought actually maybe I can make a career out of this I mean I didn't know where I was going to go or if it was going to last I just knew that I didn't have to take a fiver from my dad anymore so that for me was a (laughs) massive achievement
0: (laughs) definitely it's so lovely actually like Having that support from your mum and dad, like I feel quite similar with mine. They've always really supported everything I've wanted to do. But like my dad in particular never fully understands, like, what's a blog or what is a podcast. And I'm exactly the same, Lisa. I'm always just like, just don't worry. This will all make sense at some point. Um, So when you're along the way and you're working as a model, you must have worked with so many amazing makeup artists. I mean, who are some of your favourites that you've encountered over the years?
1: I mean, I've that I mean, that was when, obviously, I just, being in the makeup chair was just a dream. I loved being on set because the photographer and the lighting and the styling, but the makeup chair for me was just where the magic happened, you know? Oh, that was like yeah. learning the tricks from the best, you know, watching my face transform from just, you know, plain old me from Welling Garden City into, like, oh my God, how did you do that? So that became a fascination. So, I mean, I've worked with some wicked people. I have. I mean, I've worked with Pat McGrath. That was one, you know, she is like one of my dream right. idol. And Nick Knight, like an amazing... You know, oh. duo professional duo as you know they shoot a lot of british or they have done and sam mcknight doing my hair you know wow, just yeah. like wicked people where i'm just like i'm sure they've booked the wrong person i shouldn't be here you know that I, i've always had that imposter syndrome all my life and i still have it now so i'd be like any minute now they're going to tell me to go home. You know, so it was that kind of like pinch myself. But I mean, Caroline Barnes, she was somebody I worked with a lot. We did lots of trips together. She's fantastic. Val Garland, Mary Greenwell, Cheryl Phillips Gardiner, who was incredible. Sarah Reigate. Like I've honestly worked with some of the most amazing makeup artists in London and I think in the world. It's their problem. I'm a beauty junkie. It's totally (laughs) their problem. (laughs)
0: And I think the joy of having someone do your makeup as well is you... Get to see yourself in all of these different incarnations that maybe you wouldn't have necessarily created for yourself. But then once you see them, you might think, do you know what? That looks wicked on me or I'd never thought to do it in this way, but that's going to work. But when I'm thinking about some of the experiences that you will have had, now you're going to laugh. I know you've done all of these incredible, you know, high fashion things over the years. But for me, the one that I would just be most excited about is... The glitz and the glamour of Strictly Come Dancing. I mean, that must have just oh. been the most exciting makeup every single week.
1: It was amazing. It was so much fun, and I was—I like, mean, I was like, more,
0: more. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, firstly, you get tanned up every week, so you'd have a spray tan on oh a Friday my gosh, night. So amazing. that was dreamy. So you'd have a fake tan, and then. You know, I started off the series thinking, well, I'm gonna not go too crazy with the makeup. I'm just gonna you know get them to do it, and it won't be too much. But then, as the weeks went on, it was like more glitter. I was like, "Can you put two pairs of lashes on? I wanted you to see me from space. I was just absolutely loving it. You know, I got to wear all those dresses and it was just the yeah. whole performance thing. I mean, it was scary as hell, don't get me wrong. I didn't eat for the whole of that Saturday. And back then I was smoking, which was disgusting. So I was chain smoking and not eating. And I was just terrified because it was so much pressure and I felt so scared. And I've learned to deal with stress and things like that much better now.
0: But that was obviously, that was in 2008. If you experience those kind of like nerves or stressful moments now, what are some of the things that you do to just balance and keep calm?
1: Well, I definitely eat. I definitely have my food. If I've got an event in the evening or something that scares me, I'll make sure I eat in the daytime. Breathing is the most important thing for me. It's all about breath work. It's about just calming everything down, um, I didn't know how to channel my nerves back then. And I wish I did because I think I did enjoy it. I really did. But I think I probably could enjoy it more now because back then I couldn't work out the difference between being scared and being excited. Yeah. When you get excited, you get ner- you get that fluttery butterfly feeling. Yes, it's like, like heart a G-series it. To identify the difference between being scared, that fight or flight, and being excited is what I've been able to do more recently. You know, back then I was just excited. Yes, I was nervous because I felt pressure, and I think nerves are important. And I think everybody needs to have those nerves, especially if you're going to be doing something like a presentation, or people can be scared having to get onto a Zoom chat, or, you know, be intimidated and scared and nervous, and all of the above. And so I think it's nice to identify what is this I'm feeling? Yeah. Is this nerves, or is Or am I really actually quite excited? So what I've done now is I've sort of been like, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And George is like, no, you're excited. And I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. So that's how I kind of change the way my brain thinks. And then I can work on my breath to calm everything down. And preparation, I think, as well, like being prepared, you know, knowing you're prepared and just identifying those nerves and just kind of putting it into perspective in your head. So that is my biggest top tip and something I wish I'd learned
0: years ago. Definitely. I think it's so true, in particular, the preparation element. When you know that potentially something is a little bit out of your control, it's so great to go into it thinking, well, I've done everything I need to do on my end and then that's the best way to give me a good outcome. But in contrast to the likes of that build-up and that, you know, one moment per week where everybody's watching – what was the experience like of being on the likes of I'm a Celebrity, where first of all, they're watching 24-7, there isn't really a set moment. And in contrast to how everyone's seen you before, you are just completely au natural. Well,
1: I liked that aspect.
0: I was excited about
1: people seeing me without the glitz, the glamour, you know, like, because whenever people mention me, you know, it's always like model Lisa Snowden. or And, and so for me, when I was doing the radio, I, I found that really refreshing because people were being like, oh, actually, you're, you're not what I expected or Actually, you're really funny, or you know, people have these preconceived ideas when you put the word "model" before anything. And I think that they think that I'm something I'm not. You know, I, I, that's my fear is that people sort of put you in a box and think that you think, oh, she's a model, then she must be really into herself. So I wanted to dispel all those myths, and being on Capital was really powerful and really good fun, and I got a lot out of it. And I think people really saw me for who I am. So going on, I'm a celebrity was a similar sort of experience. I wanted people to see me and you know, and I wasn't bothered about the natural side of things. You know, I don't wear makeup every day. I like having a natural face. I'm a girl's girl, you know, and I like telling people, showing people, you know, if I've got imperfections, if there's things that I've used that I know that help to, you know, tighten or strengthen, or, you know, I'm all about sharing is caring and giving information. So I wasn't phased about that at all. Um, I just didn't, like the experience i I felt very lonely i didn't connect with anybody really except for the boys like wayne i got on brilliantly with and larry lamb and joel and adam like all the boys were hilarious but i just didn't really i didn't enjoy it that much the days were very long obviously you're seeing an edited version i mean it's an amazing Mm. show and i've loved watching it for years and years and years it just wasn't the right show for me
0: well it's funny actually that you mention how much you enjoyed capital yeah because everyone really got to know you in those kind of presenting capacities. And I think you've got such a lovely way of making whoever you're talking to feel comfortable. I mean, you must be the kind of person that I'd imagine a lot of people open up to you, Lisa.
1: Well, I just think that everybody's doing the best they can. And I think that whenever I'm interviewing somebody, I firstly, I have empathy and I have compassion and I like to put myself in their shoes. And I think that, that probably is the reason why straight away I just want them to feel comfortable because I know what it's like to feel uncomfortable I know what it's like to feel intimidated and I think that is probably why that's my default is just to try and make everybody feel at ease and comfortable and happy and you know even if I say something really stupid in order to get a laugh and so then they automatically that just sort of relaxes everything I just want to spread the love. I don't want people to feel awkward or unhappy or sad or stressed or anxious or anything. I'm just like, is everybody okay? What do you need?
0: (laughs) That's just how I am. I just find from you, you open up and share so much that... It makes other people want to open it, but also it's such a comfort, as you say. Like, one thing I really remember that you put up, Lisa, and it stayed with me for quite a few days. It was just after Christmas. You'd reposted a Matt Haig quote. And it was basically a quote to say, Instagram is a gallery of lives you aren't living. And it went on and you said that you'd reposted it because it felt special to you. And you'd left yeah. a comment underneath to say, do you know what? I'm feeling a bit of FOMO sometimes when I go on Instagram, whether it's something as simple as wanting to be on the beach or wanting a pair of shoes or even something more personal, like wanting a family of your own. And I just thought... yeah as someone that is going to receive so much feedback on that, maybe sometimes like magazines and things that are going to make an article out of it, or people that are going to see that and hear such a personal view. It really brought me so much comfort because I thought, bloody hell, I feel like that sometimes. And here's somebody that I'm looking at with a brilliant career and a happy life that feels those same things. And it just makes you feel a bit less alone.
1: I'm really happy that that resonated with you and that touched you because you know I think I think it's important for us to realize and put into perspective Instagram because it is an amazing platform and you know don't get me wrong I love it and I use it in a positive way and thankfully I've got a lot of lovely followers who are equally positive and I get a lot from them and and I think that it's it's just important, too, to kind of realize that, you know, the picture that you post or the picture that you look at, that, you know, you're drooling over, whether it's food or beaches or clothes or, phys- you know, the physical body, that might not have been taken today. It could be heavily edited if it's like any of my selfies it's one of a thousand that yeah. um, you know that i've taken to try and get the perfect shot it is an edited version of our lives and i feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and sometimes i've been guilty of this in the past i've used instagram and gone on it when i've been feeling really shitty in myself which is the worst time Definitely. to use it because then you're scrolling through people's lives these perfect lives with these perfect bodies with these perfect kids and this yeah. perfect house and the perfect job. And you're like, you feel so crap about yourself. It's almost like just torturing yourself. And you're like, I'm just gonna look at some more really perfect people <laughs> with their perfect lives. So I think it's about getting everything into perspective and just realizing that yes, that picture is really nice. And you know, they look like they're in a really good space. But everybody's going through their own journey. Everybody's got their own issues. And, and everyday people's lives aren't perfect. You know, none of us are perfect. And I don't want that to feel that pressure to you know have this or do that or go there and I think that that is the only time that Instagram is bad for my brain and George is always like get off Instagram because he knows that maybe I'm in a funk and I'm having a pity party and I'm sitting by myself and so that is when it's not good and that quote st- stood out to me it is an edit of people's lives and you don't put that picture on where you when you turn on your phone and you get that glimpse of like under your double chin and it's all a little bit light and everything's hanging down. I mean, I've posted them before, but you know, that's not (laughs) the perfect angle in the perfect light. And so people don't
0: post those pictures, you know, arguably for a lot of people, I'm sure they would look at the likes of you and think, gosh, what a beautiful lady with all of these great things going on. And it's so powerful to come from you to say, look, we're all in this boat together. And I just, I always see you, doing things like that, you are always reinforcing this message that we're all as valid as each other. You're such a cheerleader for other people. Um, One of the things you've done this week, which I really want to ask you about, because I did it this week as well, and I just wanted to know how you found it. Um, So Caroline Barnes, who we mentioned earlier on, set up a concept called the NHS Morale Boost, which is an experience for anyone working in the NHS or care at the moment who just needs someone to look after them and a bit of light relief on a day off. um, They would experience a full beauty consultation or just life, lifestyle, fashion, whatever they would want on a Zoom call. And I know you did some sessions this week. So how did you find that experience?
1: Just amazing. Like, firstly, I was really, really thrilled to be asked by Caroline. I did my first batch on a Friday night and I had five amazing women, and it was just brilliant. And, you know, they were like, thank you. And I'm like, no, thank you. You know, you girls are keeping the country going, the work you're doing. You're like, literally, my hero. And I got so much out of it. Like, they were amazing. It was great to hear their stories, where they're from, what they're doing, in what sector they're working in you know, people think, Oh, God, beauty, it's just so superficial, but it's really not. It goes deeper than that. It's about like how you feel about yourself. And then that sort of, you know, moves into wellness and mental health. And so all of it goes hand in hand. So, you know, yes, we were talking about cleansers, but we also spoke about sleep and trying to unwind and de-stress and decompress after those really stressful long days where they're not eating properly and they're working all the hours God sends. And so I I was, I was honored to speak to these ladies and just to you know just to pass on some of the bits I've got some tips and tricks and so it was amazing I thought it was brilliant I feel honoured like I said to have done it
0: I completely agree like last week like we were saying at the beginning I think this whole experience is quite up and down and I just had a few down days last week and I couldn't seem to shake them off and I was trying to do as many good things as possible I was trying to exercise a bit more eat a bit better ticking all of these things off that are tried and tested and then it got to the day that I was speaking to my ladies and we had such a laugh that I'd forgotten all of that then because I think beauty as well can be this thing that connects women and men and if you're meeting someone for the first time um and you start getting into a conversation about that it's just a common interest that can strike that chord straight away isn't it
1: absolutely and you know they were really cute they were like oh I've got you because nobody
0: knows you nobody knows who that that (laughs) happened
1: And she was like, oh, oh, no, I've got my dirty dressing gowns hanging up in the background. I was like, honestly, please don't worry. It's absolutely <laughs> fine.
0: Um, so
1: we had a really good giggle. You know, I felt like it would have been really fun to do like a Zoom group chat yes. and all have a glass of wine together. You know, it was it was brilliant. So um, I think it's amazing what Caroline managed to get together. And I do it again in a heartbeat.
0: And I know you're very active sharing information about meningitis as well. Was that from a personal experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, oh gosh, so it was the end of 2010, I started to feel really quite ill in November, and I was basically very poorly for three weeks, and it got to the point where I just literally couldn't stand up, and I was admitted to hospital, and I had glandular fever and meningitis. I don't know which came first, but I was very poorly for 10 days on a drip, and the doctors didn't actually know initially what was wrong with me, because I had both of those illnesses at the same time, and my organs and my brain had swollen up. So yeah, I do. I'm lucky. I I got out of it. You know, I, I managed obviously to survive and, um, I just had memory problems and some depression that sort of lingered afterwards. But, um, it's such an awful, awful, scary disease. And a lot of people don't realize that it affects older people. They just assume it's, you know, babies and toddlers and children. And so I just uh, try and just raise as much awareness and, and money when I can to, um, To spread the word, really, you know, so that people um, know that it's just this hideous, hideous illness that doesn't discriminate and it just kind of can attack lots of different people of all ages. So that's one of the charities that I that I'm kind of behind full heartedly yeah breast cancer care as well like i've been ambassador for them for nearly 15 years i've had five women in my family both sides that have been affected by breast cancer and my grandma passed away from it when she was quite young so i it's it's something that i've always tried to raise money and awareness for again both amazing charities breast cancer care is now breast cancer now they've combined they've joined together they do incredible work um, uh, that I've seen firsthand, and it's all free, you know. So that, and the and meningitis too, it's that they've got these amazing websites and people that you can speak to and. You know, there's information out there for people who feel very scared and very lost
0: and need pointing in the right direction. And so they're both brilliant charities. I'll make sure actually in the show notes of this episode, I'll put links to everything that you've spoken about here so we can all click and have a little read and a listen. But kind of coming back to a few of the key makeup things, Lisa. Yeah. Along the way through all of your adventures, what would you say is the best makeup tip anyone's ever given you
1: you have to look after your skin it's about your skin your skin 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 because you can put on all the makeup but it's you know for me it's having that canvas it's having that the basics you know looked after so I've always been into my nutrition and if I couldn't get good nutrition I take supplements I've always drank a lot of water and sleep it's those basics that are like crucial and then you know of course a good cleansing routine and just keeping the skin nice and hydrated and protected in the sun and I haven't always done that believe me I've got pigmentation and I wished I knew back then what I know now but that's why I'm always telling um, the younger generation and everybody just to wear sunscreen because it uh, you know is super anti-aging and it does keep all of those sort of you know age spots and pigmentation and melasma to some extent at bay, um, and then then you can have like a lovely texture and a lovely tone to your skin, which you know as you're getting as I'm getting older, I'm trying to just embrace all of the the changes that are happening and to to grow old gracefully. But you know, still by religiously you know massaging like I love a lot of facial massage and a lot of lymphatic drainage and toning and using gua sha and, and jade rollers and things like that. So I think that getting your kind of the fundamental basics down and you know, just looking after your skin from the get-go is one of the is one of the most crucial things. And then you've got all the other fun things to play with, you know, like not over-plucking your eyebrows, but you can thread and you can pluck and you can wax if you want. And then you've got all these great products to like keep them in place and make them a little thicker. And then you've got, I love eyelash curlers. I've always used eyelash curlers. Really? Um, before I used mascara. Yeah, I've used I- eyelash curlers by Shu Yurimura for the last 30 years. Um, I I just don't apply mascara without using an eyelash curler I never have and I just hopefully never will because my lashes are quite straight naturally so they need a little lift and a little curl nothing too much but just to just open the eye up I just don't really like base on my face too much I like a little concealer and a little light powder you know
0: the nice soft touches
1: yeah it's like just to blur it all really but you know that's not to say when i go and see somebody like caroline barnes and she does a major eye on me i love it um so i do love playing with makeup and the way it can change your face and the way it can change your eyes and and adding that drama and that sexiness and that you know you can do so much there's so many great products out there and so many great brands it's really fun being able to experiment with it all
0: And then makeup and beauty and all of the rest of it aside, what's your favourite piece of life advice that you'd want to share with somebody?
1: Well, I think it's just very basic. It's just what my dad has always said, always treat people how you'd like to be treated. So I think it's just about having respect for other people, being kind, listening, and, yeah, just being kind, just treating people how you want to be treated, you know.
0: Don't be nasty. Lisa, that has been such a lovely chat with you. I could talk to you all day. I think that (laughs) (laughs) there is such a lovely infectious um, positivity about you that especially at this point at the moment, It's just lovely to, first of all, have that boost in the house and second of all, just look forward to all the positive things we're going to do with our friends when we're on the other side of this. Yeah, I totally agree. But I can imagine there's going to definitely be people that want to say hello to you and just keep up with what you're up to at the moment. So for anyone that wants to reach out, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Lisa
1: underscore Snowden. I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it too much. I've got my beauty blog, you glow girl, you hyphen glow girl, which I I write and um, I do my little bits and pieces and my tips and tricks, my Lisa loves. But yeah, just get hold of me on my Instagram and just DM me, send me any messages, anything that you want me to elaborate on, perhaps that I've mentioned in the podcast. You know, like I said, I love spreading the love and sharing is caring and pointing people, you know, off to other people that, that I just think have helped me, whether it's breath work or meditation or crystal healing or, you know, great makeup, or great skin tutorials. You know, I'm, I'm always loving to kind of help other people and um, spread the love, baby.
0: amazing thank you so much for joining me lisa and enjoy the rest of your day
1: it's been a pleasure and your positivity is infectious so thank you for the best interview ever and uh and for touching on some great areas of my life and taking me down memory lane so thank you sweetheart oh
0: thank you lisa talk to you soon kisses bye bye Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed getting to know Lisa as much as I did. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review and subscribe. It would mean the world to me. Have a lovely day and I'll look forward to speaking to you again next time.